The good news is I decided not to chant the gospel today. <laughs> Could have made a good 14 minutes of singing there. Oh, the bad news seems to be almost everything else. Times seem dark. Uh, there's the innocuous phrase normally that probably feels a lot different this week in the gospel. Night is coming when no one can work. And times seem dark not only because uh, we're on our fifth or sixth day of gray skies and it's supposed to rain and snow today uh, here at the end of March in the season of spring, uh, but also just because times are dark. The 24-hour news cycle has been no help to my prayer life, my anxiety, and also, it's been no help to my emotional state. Uh, I'm having, I don't know if anyone else has this, it's a fun thing for me, I have second-order emotions. So I'll feel angry, and then I'll feel guilty for feeling angry. Or I'll feel despondent, and then I'll feel angry for feeling despondent. And I've kind of went through that whole cycle this week. And when I was reading and praying with this gospel, I realized that I felt a lot more like the blind man at the beginning of the story than I did at the blind man at the end. And I wonder if that's calling all of us, in a way, to the unfolding, the flowering of faith that we see in this story. We see the blind man slowly come to know who Jesus is. And from that journey of darkness to light that the blind man goes through, at the end of it, he's able to say, I do believe, Lord, and he worships Jesus. He worships Jesus. I think right now asking what worshiping God looks like is a really valid question when so many of our brothers and sisters can't worship at Mass, they can't join together, even in fairly small groups, to pray. What is worship in this moment? How do we get to that last stage of the blind man where we can say, I do believe, Lord, and worship him? I think first, and I think we're all learning this in new ways, that in moments of darkness, it is best to turn to the refuge of prayer again and again. And I think second, for those of us that are living around other people and have the ability to interact, I think our worship in this moment of darkness needs to be an expansive mercy that we need to be merciful to one another in every way that we can. I think two of the main ways to do that is quick forgiveness, that when our anger or our fear flares up and we have a, an evil thought about a brother, I'll admit I've had a few this week and probably every week for the last seven years, um, but when that happens, I think that movement to quick forgiveness, to forgive not only the brother who might have trespassed, but then also to quickly forgive myself and recognize that in 
moments like these, it's okay to have complicated and weird and dark feelings. The second one is, I think, to have that deep and abiding understanding, to really try to understand that we're all going through, weirdly, one of the most isolating and at the same time uh, most expansive and universal set of feelings that the modern world has ever gone through. And so to understand that we're all going to deal with that in incredibly different ways. So yeah, times are dark, and I don't want to pretend that they're not. I think that would be silly. But in reflecting on this passage, there was a line that, that Scott, a sage in my life, thank you, Scott, for being a sage, um, that he reminded me of that also another sage in my life, Dorothy Day, absolutely loves. And it's from St. John of the Cross. Where there is no love, put love, and you will draw love out. To expand it, where there is no mercy, put mercy, and you will draw mercy out. Where there seems to be no light, put light, and you will draw light out. The beauty of this work, brothers, is that we have one another to do it together, and we have Jesus as our head. We, in these dark times, have the light of the world to cling to. And so, yes, brothers, the times are dark, but we already have the light. And so we do believe, Lord, and we worship. Here, O Lord,